0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans.
2: Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: Football on the sports social Podcast network is brought to you by Bet Victor in play betting. Watch the action, predict the action, and make your best bet with the latest odds on over one thousand daily events. eighteen plus be dot org.
4: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV.
5: Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
6: We're gonna build a train so big, it can't be stopped.
5: From the executive producers of Power.
6: We got
1: enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force.
6: Tommy Egan is the linchpin to breaking down all of these gangs.
7: Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power
1: Book 4,
4: Force.
6: Game over.
4: Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app.
2: morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day that you're listening or watching, there it is, uh, this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Eben, and as usual, my friend, Simon Townley. How you doing, mate? You alright? i right. I've been demoted, though. Wow. Whatever. What oh, you were, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, my good <laughs> friend, Simon Townley. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it, it, there were a, that was subconscious, that demotion, so I probably meant it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I probably meant it. I didn't realise I were doing it. Um, but I do, mate. You all right? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Uh, interesting week, hasn't it? Yeah, well, a lot's happened. And I know I say this every single time. I'll sit here. I said it last week. Like we have got an action packed um, podcast. And it all, no matter what happens in the week, the podcast always ends up around an hour. Now, people must think that we do that intentionally. Like, genuinely, sometimes I haven't got a clue. I'll just leave it. And I, when I edit it all together, it's always around an hour. It's weird. So. I'm not going to say we have an action-packed podcast because it's probably still going to be an hour, but we'll try and discuss quite a lot in the podcast because we've got Villa game. In fact, I'll tell you what's coming up, shall we? We're going to discuss what? the Villa game, where we yeah. won three, two. We're going to discuss the Chelsea game, where we lost. We're going to discuss transfer deadline day uh, and the entire that. Well, if we're discussing transfers, it won't take any, any time whatsoever. Um, and then we've obviously got... Um, t- uh, t- we can't ignore uh, the things that were written in the press this week um, about Burnley chairman Alan Pear. So we'll be discussing all of that um, at some point during this podcast over the next hour or so. But first of all, let's get the pleasantries out of the way. How are you, mate? all right? You done much this week? No, nope,
8: just uh, trying to keep up to date with, like I said, the uh, the news, the football
2: and working life and a uh, snow day today. So, yeah, yeah. It a, bit, a bit of a shit snow day, weren't it? I, I woke up, and it and it was snowing, uh, or should I say it had snowed, and by dinner time, it's pretty much all gone. Well, that's Just not a it, different climate over in near Paddyham. Fucking still... Well, I am, the it, it, well, there's nothing here. My garden's completely, pretty much completely gone. It, well, it's pissing it down as well at minute, so that'll have got rid of it. And Thank I can you. hear the rain on your conservatory, oh, so it's probably gone. Fine. you probably closed curtains at like five o'clock, and you probably do not right. noticed that it's all gone. <laughs> Um, But yeah, happy days. Um, We'll start, obviously, by doing the the usual stuff, um, as you can see at the bottom of your screen now, as uh, beautifully modelled by Simon. There we go, he's pointed if you're watching on the vodcast. Um, We are, of course, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Um, If you haven't already, please go and download it on the App Store and the Google Play Store. Uh, And if you are a Claret fan listening in Ireland, shout out to Kowielta, like I said last week, um, it is available now in the App Store. Um, the Air app store or the Island app store. Um, so if you are an Irish clavet, you can download it. So fingers crossed that that means it's coming out uh, in the EU, in America or whatever. Um, but time will tell. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So let's get into the discussion then. Uh, we'll go back what feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, the Aston Villa game, obviously Burnley 3, Aston Villa 2. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on that game then? Because it... Uh, I remember chatting to the Villa fan and I was saying, like, if Burnley are going to win, it's going to be 1-0. And if there's plenty of goals in it, Villa are going to win. And of course, there were plenty of goals in it and Villa didn't win, we won. So it was unusual in that sense. But but what were your thoughts? Well, at some point, like I had a feeling we'd win. I did say it on
8: the watch along so people can backtrack and say, I never said that one. I did, I did
2: didn't did you
8: put a bet on Burnley as well? Or was that, the that was a game? Liverpool game. But I did, yeah, I did put game. Burnley on but that's not what you're referring to. I did put the Burnley one on this one. Um, I did think we were going to win. I was positive we could come back. And then all of a sudden, they just looked like they were up for it more. They just looked well-organised. They had some quality plays. Triore were taking the pace. Grealish were taking the pace.
2: And Grealish then, always does
8: it. Uh... Yeah, Grealish were taking the pace. Uh, Target were taking the pace. It was literally a free-for-all, and we are lucky we were still in the game. And then half-time came, and I don't know what happened, whether
2: they took the foot off the gas or we we give a rocket up their arse, I can't tell you, but what, what do you think? Um, well, to, to use an old cliche, like you say, we're definitely a game of two halves. Um, Nick Port kept us in it first half, but I don't know, second half, I think it was a mixture of both. I think we've come out and pressed them a bit higher up the pitch and pinned them in a bit better, um, and of course... We've got the goal for a set piece. And just before I go into the the game and my thoughts on the game entirely, if I could choose one person to score against Aston Villa, it would be Benjamin Thomas Me. I don't even know if that's his middle name. Don't even know if that's his middle name. You were going to say Chris Wood, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, if I could choose another person to score in any game recently, it would have been Chris Wood because he needed it. Yeah. Um, but if I could choose one person to score against Aston Villa, ah, that, right, it, it yeah. would have been that man um, because of, uh, of the treatment that he's had off the Villa fans ever since he won the ball against Wesley, where he committed a perfectly legal and perfectly timed challenge, which just happened to break the man's leg. Now, that's a shame. Of course, it's a shame. Nobody will see a player injured, but some of the stuff that Ben has had to um, endure since that tackle from Villa fans is nothing short of a disgrace. But, yeah, going back into the game... Um, second half, we were just—I I, need to stop short of saying better, but I'm not going to stop short. We were better. I yeah. think we were better than them in the second half. They showed glimpses of quality again. Obviously, they, they went back in front, um, and at, at the time when they went back in front, I don't think anyone could have argued that they didn't really deserve it um, on the on the overall balance of play. Um, but then by the full time whistle, I don't think anybody could argue that we didn't deserve to be in front and, and win the game. And 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 what a header by Chris Wood! I mean, yeah, what an header! You can't, you can't take that away from him. That
8: was a ridiculously good header. The fact that we won the game, the fact it was, it was magnitude. I just wish the fans were there for that, and I'm sick of saying that. Imagine that! What was it, eighty something minute? Um, Chris Wood, but backwards running header. You know, we haven't seen anyone do that really since Charlie Austin days, and he, uh, he were good at them, uh, sort of running backwards headers. did he score one, like, near the halfway line doing that as well? Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned it, it
2: because Burnley, yeah, Burnley commentator, Phil Bird, he put oh. a tweet out, which I engaged with, um, sort of like saying, is that the best header you've ever seen, like live or at the turf or something like that? And I, I stopped short of saying it were because of Charlie Austin's from just outside the area. Um, I have no idea who it again. Somebody told me on Twitter, but I forgot. Wigan, I'm not sure. Um, but if you do want to find out or see the video head over to Phil tweet. I interact with it. And then someone puts the video underneath my comment. Uh, shout out to whoever that was. Forgotten who you were, as usual. Um, but yeah, a brilliant edit. And as well, Dwight McNeil getting on the score sheet. So going back to what I just said, if I could choose three players to be on the score <laughs> sheet, it would have been them three. It would he, have been the fourth. The fourth? Um, be yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I, I like the strikers to score goals. Yeah. do like the strikers to score goals. McNeil's needed one because he's not scored for a while. Um I think you know, I think he plays a little bit differently. Like when he burst onto the scene, he was scoring goals left, right, and centre. He scored a lot of goals in his like first breakout season, did he? And since then the goals have sort of like I won't use the term dried up because it's not his job to score goals. Um but he's not been getting as many goals, but he's been chipping him in the odd assist. Um but we'll just talk about McNeil's goal. Did he mean it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those listed on the podcast, you should have seen his face drop when I asked that question. Does it say like no fucking way? Then he suddenly just changed his mind. Um, I think we could all agree that obviously he was putting a ball into the box, but yeah, fuck it. we'll all say he meant it, Coursey will because that's uh, that's the Burnley way, as uh the Athletic Old Men's podcast says. But um well, I mean, just going back to sort of like the second half performance.
8: I would just—I thought, do you know what? I wonder how uh, how good we did statistically because uh, they dominated us the first half. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. They were on fire, and I just thought I'd have a quick look at the stats here. Thirty-eight uh, percent possession we had. We Overall, had, or is this in the second half? So imagine, like, what well, these stats could have been if it if momentum had carried on. Um, shots we had ten to their eighteen, and we had five on target to their ten, and like I said, to score three goals out of five shots on target. That's,
2: that's Burnley.
8: That's Burnley of old. That's Burnley being clinical again. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what to right. say. And whether Jira, whether sorry, Dwight McNeil's shot is a, classed as a shot on target, I presume it is because uh, yeah, it be. it's, uh it was obviously a fluke one, so it should have really been four shots on target. But then it would have been two goals. But yeah, what um, what a comeback in that second half! It just shows the magnitude of what we had to come from uh, because we didn't really. Have that much to deal with in the second half compared to the first half. We did have a few bits, but not much. Like you said, Paul, unbelievable. He, he was so
2: yeah, good again. He got and the he man was, of the match again, didn't he? He got he, the man of the match. I'm have a watch along. He got the man of the match. Um, from BT or whatever channel it we're on. I think he got the Man of the Match from the club. And then he got the the most prestigious Man of the Match award of all, uh, the one that's given out on the Turfcast podcast Twitter page where we have a vote. So again, if you don't follow us, I'll quickly pop the socials at the bottom. If you don't follow us and you're missing out on all these sort of activities, then uh, feel free to to follow us on uh, all the social media channels. Just search Turfcast podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram and on YouTube as well. Now, that game was... Six days ago, the day of recording this obviously, it was last Wednesday. We're doing this on Tuesday. Was there any other talking points? I genuinely can't remember. Um,
8: there was nothing sort of like ma- massive, there was no sort of huge parts of the game. But like I said, if we were lucky, we we're even still in that game, mate. If it were not Nick Pope's ridiculous saves that he does, mate, I don't know how we'd have uh, managed it. I'm just going to sort of like look through the thing. But uh, the, the Google, you know, when you Google fixtures. And they're basically yeah. saying, finally, with all three points, much improved performance in the second half. So even they they claim a 3-2 win over, uh, over Villa, The visitors were made to pay for not making the most of their domination when me leveled with a 1-1 and it just goes on and on. But yeah, they agree with us, mate.
2: Yeah. I can't really, can't really argue with that. Villa were far and away the better side in the first half. I'd say we were better in the second half and I stand by that. I don't think we were far and away the better. I think we just about edged it in the second half. Um, so, yeah, um, a very, very promising performance, that one. Um, and it was good to see us better going forward. I think that's what, that's what I took away from that one. I think because we've looked so good defensively in so many games this season, but we've been like all fart, no all smell, um, to steal a phrase from Johnny Tate, going forward. In fact, we've, not even been, we've been nothing. We've not even been farting. There's been no farts or anything going forward. Well, we've been yeah. terrible. There's no creativity, nothing sometimes. But it was good to see us get three goals and, and look good going forward again.
8: On the not, no far in uh, all fart,
2: no smell. You might want to go on to the next game, mate. Well, we'll do that in a minute because obviously, um, <laughs> after that, um, we went to Chelsea. Um, but before we get into the Chelsea game, of course, um, we always invite people to, to send their fan reaction in after, after a game. All we ask you to do, if you want to get involved, is record yourself chatting about the game for a minute to three minutes, whatever and um, uh, just giving your opinion on the game and talking us through what happened and, and what you felt and how you thought it all went. Send it to us on the social channels that I've just told you or at turfcastpodcast.gmail.com or if you know me personally, send it me on WhatsApp because that's where it's the easiest to download anything. Um, but yeah, here's the family action from the Villa game.
4: Heath and Martin, New Zealand Clarets checking in after the Aston Villa game. Oh my God, Martin! Boom! What a second half. After that
0: rubbish we had to watch in the first half. What was all that about?
4: I don't know. They were very Goodness slow. Goodness me. They were slow, out of the, they were slow out of the traps in the first half, and we had Pope to um, thank to, for keeping us in the game.
3: Yep.
4: Uh, Grealish and triori and Barkley were tormenting us. Um, and, wow, I mean, how we kept it to one, I'll never know. Mm. What was said at half-time?
0: I don't know. Uh, well, <sighs> the manager said that he didn't... Um, he didn't um,
4: tear into them tear into them
0: but um, I'm not so sure about that
4: wow I mean um, whatever it was said worked and uh, obviously the introduction of Cork which was great to see he's Mm. been been missed he obviously had a massive impact on the game Uh, Goodmanson came on Vidra came on uh, and we turned
0: it around yeah Vidra had a hand in two Two of the goals two of the goals
4: yep Um, McNeil had a brilliant second half uh, and uh, I mean, possibly at fault for the first goal, maybe a little bit, but great header at the back post. Classic poster. Burnley header. Yeah, from a corner. The <laughs> second, the second goal, uh, it was a, clearly a cross, but it went in. But who cares? We'll take that.
0: You know, a year ago those balls were going in. This year they haven't been, but mm-hmm. now they're starting to. Yeah. And um, and actually throughout the second half, whenever we had the ball and we went forward, unlike previous games, um,
4: we looked dangerous. We looked dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You know, looked and dangerous. looked
0: like something could happen. And um, you know, you have to say that um, Chris Wood's had a lean pitch of late, but... Let's talk about that third goal. I mean, if, uh, we were talking about maybe taking Chris Wood off at half-time. Yeah, we were. Okay. But, because, um, you know, he, nothing was happening, and uh, he was out of the game. But then, what a what a goal for the ages that header was. It, that was a brilliant and, and that, header. And that's why Chris Wood's on the, on the pitch. That's why he's on there.
4: That's why he's on the big books. Yeah. Um, that was a, a, a fantastic header. Great cross by McNeil, who had a great second half. But that header was worthy of winning any game, I think.
0: So we're finding different ways to win. We won at Anfield one way, won at home this way. I'm really looking forward to see how we win at um, Chelsea. Oh,
4: absolutely. They've got a a new manager and, yeah, let's let's stick it up them. Absolutely. Anti-football, if you're listening, I know you are. uh, Because big shout-out to anti-football. I know for a fact you would have enjoyed that game, and you will be wringing your knickers out ante after that game, won't you? Uh, on to Chelsea. We can go there and we can do something. Yeah? Definitely. Up the claris. Up the Clarets. Goodbye from New Zealand.
9: Hello. Uh, face reveal this time. It's a video, not audio. Another good result. I don't just do it when we win. Uh, <laughs> been very busy the last few weeks, but yeah. I'm not sure whether we deserved it. The second half, a million percent. The first half, we were a bit of a shambles, I think. Defensively, that's the most open I've ever seen us. But second half, I mean, that is the best football I've seen us play in probably about 10 years. I mean, I will hold my hands up now and say I have been quite critical of Chris Woods, particularly this season, but you cannot... That that second half was a proper centre-force performance. Holding the ball up... Letting the little man play off you when Vidra came on. Every time ball, every time Chris Wood passed a ball off, he was instantly bombing it onto the, the six-yard line. That is exactly what you want him to be doing. And then that last goal, I mean, that... Apart from Charlie Austin a few years ago from outside the box, that's probably up there with the best setters I've ever seen in my entire life. So, second half, we thoroughly deserve that result. I think Villa fans are very... They're a good team. They're a very good team. They play very, very good attacking football, but they're not the team that they think they are. They think that this surge into the top six this season team because they've spent a bit of money and it's... I mean, Grealish is a very, very, very exceptional player. He spends far too much time on the floor, as everyone knows who isn't a Villa fan. But the rest of that team isn't that good. I mean, they're a solid mid-table Premier League team if you take Jack Grealish out of the equation, but... I think in the end, we came out and the better team won, to be fair. I don't know what kind of team talk Sean Dyche is given. <laughs> I would love to have been there, but what a change. I mean, Jack Court came on and made a massive difference. I'm not slating Hill at all, because hill has been quality this season. But he just changed the game. McNeil was bombing forward. You know, Peters as well. I have to say, Eric Peters has been the standout player of the season for me. Bit of an odd one, but he has. He's come in. A few times now. Filled the gap for Charlie Taylor. And he's just been quality. I thought, oh, Peters is on, so we're just going to play defensively. But he actually does play a nice ball forward. He gets involved, and he does really well. But, yeah, Pope kept us in it again, as he always does. But at the end of the day, I think think we deserve to win that for the second half. You know, I think we put in a a proper quality performance towards the end, similar to what we did against Fulham, to be honest. Albeit a different calibre of team, but... Can't complain, and honestly, kind of confident going into the Chelsea game now. They've not looked that great recently. New manager, new bounce, maybe, but... Play like that in the second half, and I back us to beat anyone, to be honest. But yeah, what a night. It, it, so it continues onwards and upwards.
6: What a second-half performance today. Good job lads. First half was atrocious, to be fair. Um, court came coming on was he, he did good things today for sure. Um, Pope kept us in it as usual. It seems like Pope and our back line kept us in it in the first half. weren't creating much in the first half, and then um, I got to give props to Wood. He of course he scored the game winner, but he also set up the corner to set up Ben Mees header. He didn't give up. And he forced a corner. I mean, it's just a small little things. And um, Dwight um, <laughs> kind of got lucky with the goal. Uh, just nobody dealt with it, and it just went through. I mean, I guess it's it's on Villa really. And just no one dealt with it, and we snuck through, and we got in there. And man, I was I was buzzing after that. It was great seeing Dwight score, even though it wasn't meant to happen, but it happened. <laughs> um, and then after that, Dwight whips in a, a few minutes later. He whips in a, a beautiful cross to uh, to Wood, and Wood a much needed goal. He had a very excellent, a very good performance today. Um, good header, just that was a tough header placed perfectly in the bottom corner and took the lead. Came back twice, came back twice. Is phenomenal. I don't know when the last time Burnley's come back twice in a Premier League game. Been a while. Last time he came back in a game to win was Leicester last year. That was a turning point in our season. I think we've already turned our point this season, but this this win, massive, massive. We've gotten six points from two very good sides. And um, I would like to give an underappreciated shout-out to uh, Eric Peters. I think Peters, is he's played well the, since Taylor went down and injured. I think uh, we don't give him enough credit. He's Him and Dwight have decent chemistry, and he... He he he's a solid player, he's a good team player as well. He can play anywhere on the pitch. Good player. And Jack Cork, he's like a new signing. It's like <laughs> you haven't seen him in so long. He's played well. Um I think he might have to get a couple starting nods here coming up on I think Brown Hill might have might have picked up an injury. And that's why he was subbed off a half, but we'll see about that. But uh Yeah, good good performance for everybody. Vidra. Oh Vidra, I forgot about Vidra. He, when he came on, he he was part of the two goal he set up. Uh, he kept the ball alive for Dwight's goal, I'm pretty sure. He passed it to him anyways. And, um, yeah, and Vidra, he, I think Avila's back line is a little tired, so Vidra's pace kind of got him on the back ropes a little bit. But uh, good performance, Pope. And Dwight with class performances, I'd probably give the man of the match, the Pope just barely. He kept us in it in the first half. Our first half was dreadful. The second half, we completely new side. Um, we're now nine points clear of the relegation zone. Full and Brighton, 0-0. Probably a good result. rather see Brighton win so, we'd, so there'd be a bigger gap, but it is what it is. Nine points, I think we're going to be all right. Um, at Chelsea this weekend, but hey, anything's possible. Get in, Clarets. Up to Clarets. Let's go, man.
10: <laughs> Poor fella, but you know I just couldn't sleep. Too excited, you know. Brilliant, what a bloody game that was! Fantastic. Oh, I tell you, like a roller coaster, were not it? I mean, I mean, game, you know, not me. And <laughs> oh yeah, well, second half was a roller coaster, were not it? First half, Jesus Christ, they murdered us, didn't they? Oh, I thought we were going to get a proper thumping. Oh, but we, we hung in there, didn't we? One way or another, we hung in there and somehow managed to get it in at half-time. Only one goal down. And then whatever I said at half-time, oh, that man, eh? What a genius he is to turn that round, that performance, and come out and do that in the second half. Even when we went a goal down again, after going to be back, we still went at him, didn't we? And bloody bloody would it? Amazing. Oh, it were thrilling stuff, eh? Oh, what a shame. Stadium were empty, though. Imagine that. If crowd were in. If turf, turf would have been bloody bouncing, wouldn't it? It'd have been like that. Remember that Spurs game in Carling Carling Cup or whatever, Yonks ago. Oh, when uh, we we turned it round and we're, oh the place were bouncing. One of them kind of games, weren't it? You can just imagine it. Oh, it can't come back soon enough, can it? Can it? Oh, anyway, but yeah, what a bloody performance! Oh, fantastic stuff, eh? Vince did well, didn't he? When he came on, all oh, subs made a difference, didn't they? Corky second half, and uh, yeah, we, uh, Vince chased down that turf at third goal into to corner back to Dwight. What a cross, and oh my God, what a header from Woody, eh? Finally. Come good, but oh, to get his head open on that and rating corner, keep him not getting that any day of the week. Fantastic stuff! Oh, brilliant, brilliant. All right, upwards and upwards for Clarence. Who's the heck? Chelsea. Oh, well, Dukal got Dukal in now, and then oh Well, let's see what happens there. Eh? Well, I'm confident, we've got to be confident, haven't we? After that, we could beat anyone, beat champions. Come back and beat that. Villa side. We can beat anyone. Bring it on! Come on, Claret! All right, that's me, fellow. Take care of yourselves. Ta-da! Do-do-do-do! Anti-football! Do-do-do-do!
5: Anti-football! It's FPL Claret here. And what a result that is. I mean, I'm not even going to say out about the game, to be honest with you, but look at that scoreline. All them lovely, lovely, lovely goals. Got more than Chelsea and United and Brighton and Fulham and Wolves all put together this weekend. And they all play, you know, proper football, lovely attacking stuff, credit to the league, whatever you want to say, and a little old Burnley more than all of them put together. Come on, you Clarence. I think, you know, we can be looking at that table feeling confident now, we're what, 11 points above Fulham? Easy peasy and we can start looking upwards instead of over our shoulder, we're only one behind Wolves one behind Palace and who knows if Leeds decide to fall apart again, no reason we can't go above them too, I'm looking at Chelsea away and thinking we can have that, easy peasy well it's not going to be easy but we've, we had Liverpool they're better than Chelsea at the minute we can have Chelsea, even at the bridge and it's City afterwards, but we've got a nice one after that. So there's no reason we can't start looking up the table instead of over our shoulders. So, yeah, up the clarets, up the league.
2: So big thank you to everyone who sent in their fan reaction for the Villa game. I think that was our best ever um, response. We had loads of people send some in. So much, so, sorry, so many people sent them in that somebody sent one into my personal Twitter Somebody sent one in after it. Had, the video had already gone out. And I just said to these two people, like, I'm really sorry. Obviously, it's already gone. Uh, I'll just have to try and shoehorn you into the podcast. Um, so if I don't do that, I've just forgotten. So I apologize. Um, but please feel free to send another one in. But yeah, one sent one private message me to the personal Twitter. And I, for, I I don't know if that was even on time or not. If it, if it was, um, I missed it because it, it was sent to the wrong Twitter. So please, if you are going to send them in via Twitter, uh, send them in via the Turfcast. I don't mind people adding me and talking to me whatever, um, but I will miss a video if you send it in, especially if I don't follow you because it goes into message requests. Whereas on Turfcast, it doesn't. I, I get a notification. Um, so big shout-out to everyone who got involved. It's good to see some faces back again, including Robert Benson. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everybody who got involved. Um, moving on, um, we'll have to discuss the Chelsea match. Um, now, ah, it's a bit of a different one, this one, is it? It's uh, you, you, you come off that Villa game being so... Uh, what's the word, sort of like buoyant. full of confidence, yeah, yeah. buoyant, that, that's exactly the word that I wanted, exactly, well done, 10, ten stars, well done. yeah, already. yeah, <laughs> um, but, and then, <laughs> yeah, I was you, go on, what, I, read, I was reading earlier, I read like an adult, you read You read
8: what, what did you read, when I read that about the, uh, the description of how uh, Google said our game went
2: Oh yeah, you didn't read at key stage two like you normally do. Yeah, yeah. well done, well done. Another five stars there, mate. Well done. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you come off that you come out of that Villa game, and I thought I don't want to go. like I know football fans are reactionary and everything, and I, I fully admit that I am quite reactionary. Um, but I came out of that Villa game thinking all our problems were solved. I thought <laughs> we could defend again now. We've shown games that we defend, and even when we concede two goals that we did against Villa. Nick Pope still has an absolute worldly and keeps us in the game like he did in the first half, hence winning the man of the match award or every literally everywhere. Um and then you go into that Chelsea game and it's, it's back to the old same shy going up front and going forward and just look, lacking creative. Like Literally, I think what we had one shot on target. It came from James Tarkovsky in like the 93rd minute. So much so, it was that much of a shit shot on target. The Athletic refused to count it. Andy Jones was tweeted after the match, no, no shots on target. And to be fair, a lot of people were sort of like saying, well, we had one at end. It weren't a proper shot. It was just a shitty shot, a stat pad shot because we didn't have a shot on target. But that's not the first game that's ha- that's happened in. I remember we lost to somebody at home earlier in the season. It was the exact same scenario. James Tarkovsky just, just hit it late on. To, to, to I don't know if he does it knowing that we had a shot on target. I would presume he doesn't know that when he's sat on the pitch. Uh, obviously, I, I used to play football. I never played at a decent level. But I never used to have a, a stat in my head of how many shots we had on target. Um, yeah. Who knows? But, it yeah, thoughts on that game then? Because for me, it was just... Same old. We've got all we've sorted all those issues out. as again, Villa. Then we just go back to square one against Chelsea. Yeah, well, you know, obviously we mentioned the stats in the last
8: game, so I thought, well, I might as well continue this because I knew what they were going to be, but uh, it still makes for painful reading, even though you often know what it's going to say. And yeah. like I said, one shot with none on target. Uh, possession twenty eight percent, mate. We could not get near them. which we, we only fouled them nine times in the game, mate. Which is like one every ten minutes. We got a chance to kick them. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of that's how the so game shocking. was, mate. We were we were f- we were just shocking. As passing was sixty five percent, right? We had we had two corners and we only got one shot in the ninety fourth minute. It it was a bad day at the office. However, there were some positive things, and I'm and I'm, I'm scratching and looking around for them. But Matty Lawton, Tarkovsky had brilliant games. Uh, there was even though we did get beat. It could have been a lot worse, let's put it that way. Um, Tarky looked so good. The way he were even like I said, even though we got dominated, when he made the tackles and when he did intercept the possession player that he tried to keep hold of the ball, he didn't just boot it, he actually turned around, looked for the pass. Uh, he, he looked good. The Matty Lawton of old is back. Um, he's been consistently back for
2: now for a while. Yeah, he's been good for a while, but he were I mean, I'll be honest, I watched the Chelsea game sort of like uh, in parts, sort of like covertly watching it, because I was working. Obviously, if you're a fan of the watch-along, you'd have realised that I wasn't on the watch-along. It was Simon on his own, so I'll just break off a bit there. Big shout-out for that. Thank you very much, because I've had to do one on my own before. And, uh, yeah, it's not easy, uh, especially when you're getting grief off uh, Kieran Phillips on there as well, <laughs> which I believe you did. Um, know, so, awesome. well, well done for playing that way straight back. But But, yeah, so my thought of the game... Obviously, like I said, I didn't I didn't sit down and watch it for a full 90 minutes like a lot of people would have done. So I might be chatting shit here to some people. Um, was that we started quite well, never really threatened though, but looked okay without any real trouble in the first five, 10 minutes. And then Chelsea just started to turn the screw. And then we we never even got a chance. We, we like you say we had 20 odd percent possession, which isn't it isn't enough. Uh, to do anything with unless you do an absolute shithouse performance like we did against Liverpool um, three or four seasons ago now. Um, But yeah, Matty Lawton looked good. Uh, Tarky looked good. Eric Peters and Brady looked very poor, um, but I know they were playing against some very fast players. Uh, obviously, there's the quote that's done the rounds from Brady saying, I know where he is, but I can't stop him. What the fucking are you expect me to do to Dash or something? Which I think just sums the game up perfectly. I just think, as a lot of people on the watch along uh, and the family action said, Chelsea was too good for us on the day. I was going to say that. You know me, I, I like to sort of look at it outside the
8: box and. Uh, credit where credit's due, mate. They were so patient with the ball. They didn't rush it. They didn't force it. They weren't trying to take world beaters on. They just played it around and, and just strangled the laugh out of us is the uh, is the phrase I used in the game. And that's what they did, mate. They, it was awful.
2: Uh Yeah. I, I don't know what have to like... they were. That's what I mean. Yeah, did, you feel, did you feel like... That's a lot to do with the new manager because it seems like there wasn't that patient. I know they did us over at the turf earlier in the season under Frank, so obviously I'm not saying we would have beat them without the, the change of manager. Um, But that being patient on the ball didn't tend to be something that they would have done earlier in the season. So do you think it kind of played into their hands, this change of manager? Honestly, the way I watched that game,
8: mate, it, was a, it was a ridiculous change in the attitude towards attacking. They waited and waited, like Man City do, where they just dick about with it. <laughs> it is the best thing I can say because they know that they're going to get them spaces and, and pocket and they look like they were doing the same thing you know I know they only beat us you know they got a draw against Wolves but if that's the momentum and that's the type of football they play they will frustrate the life out of teams and uh, we couldn't even get the ball like I said we couldn't even foul them uh, yeah. so it was disappointing but it, credit where credit's due mate they, they beat us fair and square no controversy just a far better outfit and Brady summed it up like you just said then because we're doing. He's he's trying to do his job, but he can't. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's well, not really much else I think we can add to that game. It's uh sorry for the the, the poor analysis. That is yeah, analysis. Um But I, I, Chelsea were better than us. We couldn't handle him. And at that start, that stats. I think I didn't know that start until you just mentioned it. The fact that we only fouled them nine times. I think sometimes when in a Burnley game, not that they were dirty, dirty side, because of the way we play, you might see one player racking up nine fouls. Never mind just the entire team. So I think that. That stat and the Brady comment just sums it all up for me. Yeah, one one to forget, one to move forward from. Like you said, we've got to try and remember where we were against Villa.
8: It's so funny though, seeing the fan reaction, especially on the live, where you've got the the complete controversy of the Villa. Have you got the fan reactions for this game for the? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I haven't seen these yet, so I'm excited to see them because I, even if it's the same people, they'll be saying, "Oh, he was brilliant, he was brilliant," and then he's
2: shit. It was so. Well, the people that do the family action now that Kieran Phillips hasn't done it for a while, that's twice he's been mentioned now. We'll see if he's listening to the podcast this week. Um, he doesn't listen because he's quoting me for some of this, not true. <laughs> um, because he's not done it for a while, there doesn't tend to be that person who's going absolute shy. obviously, I think, I think this one's Neil Layfield, Robert Benson, um, the New Zealand Clarets and anti-football. Um, and they all tend to be quite measured in their responses and quite level-headed. Um, so I don't think there's anyone that turns around and does say this shit. But yeah, I think the, the Twitter Clarets hashtag, um, the Burnley FC hashtag, and the, the chat in the watch-along were all sort of not level-headed. Um frustrating. Oh, it were hard work. I can imagine. Um, but yeah, here is a fan reaction uh, from the Chelsea game. What's up, guys?
3: That's my one and only impression of Alan Pace. A bit of a roller coaster watching Burnley, always has been. Uh, I think the first goal this season has been vitally important. Uh, apart from the Villa game, we haven't managed to come back from these uh, opening goals against us. Uh, I think they obviously wanted to play well as well in front of the new manager, and their uh, quality took over for most of the game well, all of the game, probably. Uh, Not a lot to say about our performances. I thought Matt Lodson played well right back. Ben Mee as well made one or two crucial saves. Could have been a a lot worse at the end of the day. Apart from everybody else, there wasn't a lot to say. Uh, The two pairings up front didn't come off at all. But that was just the the way the game went. Um, Next week's crucially important now, especially after the Brighton result. Just now beating Tottenham. What tends to happen at this uh, time of the season, the uh, lower teams battle away, get the results, making it that bit more difficult for those just above them. So we've uh, got to get three points next week, or at least a point and then move on from there. But it is an important game. I think Brighton are one of those teams that uh, you know we've got to be looking to beat. Uh, Newcastle as well, picking points up here and there. So, uh, you know, we're still in a bit of a dogfight. It's onwards and upwards anyway, Clarets. Let's hope this time next week we can uh, look back on three points with a bit more of a cheery face. Okay, see you later. Bye. Good morning from Brighton, Sunny Christchurch, New
4: Zealand. Heath and Martin, New Zealand Clarets, checking in after the... Thank you, Martin. After Mm. the Chelsea game, Martin, your thoughts after that?
0: Well, uh, he's sad to say it, uh, but sometimes the results go the way of the form book,
4: mm-hmm.
0: yep. not the form book, the odds because actually we would have won, yeah, but yeah. the odds, mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Um, uh, Chelsea were just too good for us, yeah. Stop, I mean, yep. they've spent an absolute fortune over the years, and it's it, it sure today, uh, with a new manager, Heath,
0: sometimes, uh. I know they didn't show it in the first game, I think he was um, with them for like 17 hours before that, but, um, you know, a, a team takes on a new lease of life, Yeah. and uh, and often that's temporary, but um, I think we saw some of that today, you know, uh, a breath of fresh air, a bit more oxygen on the pitch, and um, no, they were a different class compared to us. Um,
4: they were very good.
0: Yeah, we worked hard, but, uh, and I think the manager, you know, there's a lot of areas in which you want to work on, but I think the two that were pretty evident to all was first of all that some of the basic defending and namely the um the amount of space that they had on their right hand side going forward uh you know peter's starting position was um was not good and then some of the tracking back and and this this was exemplified with with their first goal some of the tracking back was poor um, and that's we're known for that to be good at that. And if we let ourselves down there, then we've got no chance.
4: Yeah, um, McNeil really should have tracked that runner better for the first goal. Uh, he was he was half tracking him, but he, he he should have got in front of him to cut that pass out. Um, and the second goal, I mean, hats off to Alonso. I mean, what a finish that was! Uh, you know, as football supporters, that was a great finish. It doesn't matter who scores. That was a great goal. Yeah you know uh, the
0: other thing heath is um that i think that we were disappointed with was the yeah the balls going forward um yeah. were, were, mm. execution was poor yeah
3: we were, um, the, 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 not so much
0: the runs but i think the ex, you know the, the making ball the, pass, yeah, the balls
4: into the final th- third hours oh. was poor right uh we so. just we, yeah it wasn't very good but uh, yeah again the their second goal he drifted into the box by himself and um yeah, we used to pick him up, but it was a great finish. But okay. Chelsea were a really good side, onwards and upwards. It's only Manchester City next.
0: Yeah, so I think we're we'll working on defending this week. All the best.
4: <laughs> up the clarets. Up the clarets. Uh, see well, you no. soon. Cheers.
7: One of them things in it there we just uh, showed the class on the day. Chelsea clearly having that um, new manager bounce that you get when someone else comes in. I thought they were they just clicked. I thought they looked really, really good. Um, hudson Adoy. It was rapid they had just a lot more pace and i think that we couldn't really deal with that pace from a burnley point of view i don't think we played that bad first off um i think we were um quite compact i think we kept them kept them at bay a little bit but then as soon as they scored it just seemed to collapse second half was a different matter i think uh, a lot of tired legs out there for burnley um understandable you know we've got a great result at anfield great result against villa I thought the lads looked a bit leggy um and obviously we've got another injury with wood barnes is injured as well so injuries are coming back in and it's just that um being able to rotate the squad a little bit to 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 sort of help with the fatigue um it's it's they they did look leggy but chelsea were just different class um and you know i don't want to be too critical on the boys because the last the last few results have been excellent january was a great month i think we picked up Some real momentum in january made um, a good gap between us and the bottom of the table now so you don't want to be too critical um the, the amount of points we've got all the last few games you would have took it if it was offered um chelsea were just a combination of just being better and just having that new manager bounce i think um but um obviously we'll get um city out of the way on wednesday which i don't think anyone's looking forward to we know what happens there and they've hit form now they're probably going to go ahead and and win the league Um, so we get that out of the way and then hopefully we pick it up again um, how we have been because we've been fantastic so as I say you don't want to fault the lads too much Um, just one of those results really
10: But uh, it's to be expected, isn't it? Look at bloody performance they've put putting in lately, you know, it's too many games in too short a time, so, oh no, no complaints from me, no complaints from me. And, uh, you know, it's to be expected, isn't it? That's what's supposed to happen when a team that costs like millions of billions, hang on, hundreds of millions against a team that's like tens of millions... That's what should happen. That's so, you know, when we pull it off and actually beat one of these teams that cost a bloody fortune, it still makes it all the more sweet, doesn't it? When we do it, like when we beat them down there a few years ago and win at Anfield to the week, Old Trafford last year, it makes them moments so much more special, doesn't it? Because we know it shouldn't really happen. But somehow, we make it happen. Dash. Works his magic, can't work all the time, but works his magic, and uh, we beat him sometimes, so maybe we can beat City, finally, on the uh, next game, eh? well, we'll see about that, oh, I'm oh, not open breath, to be fair, I'll be happy, we hope, but 5-0, hope less than 5-0, I'll be happy, 4-0, well played lads, at least it wasn't 5, anyway. Not much more to be said about football, is there? so. I wanted to just say a big thank you to uh, the Turfcast Podcast, boys. Hey, eh? what a fantastic thing they're doing! There it's a great thing. Turfcast Podcast, Joe and the sidekick uh, Simon, they do a fantastic job creating a really good platform for us clarets to, you know. Well, I mean, the spouting nonsense after the match. Get it off your chest. It's good, isn't it? I love it. And it's like, you know, loads of clarets from b- b- round Burnley and round world, all over the world. They were a bloody uh, yan- Yankee Doodle American lad on there last week, weren't they? <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, when you hear them talking like the, cl- the clarets? The clarets play real well. <laughs> it's weird to hear, didn't you, Burnley? In <laughs> that accent, yeah, little old we going global, but we're going to get used to it now, haven't we? We Alan and uh, the other Yankee Doodles running show, we're going to get used to these uh, funny accents, haven't we? Yeah, oh. oh bloody hell, hey, won't, won't forget, uh, bloody Kiwi, Clarets and all, down there in the Upside Down, Heath and his boys, eh? Good to hear from them, ain't it? Oh, I love it, I love it. Fantastic what you're doing, Turf Cast Boys. Keep it up. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I can't wait till we can get back down turf. I tell you what, when I see you two in the flesh, Joe, Simon, I'm going to give you a big bloody hug. It's well overdue. And a big sloppy kiss. <laughs> oh, but you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Ooh. Alright, sorry, getting bloody flustered again. Oh, fantasizing about these young boys. Alright, take care of yourselves, clarets. Ta-da! Anti-football
2: So there you have it, that was the fan reaction for Chelsea 2 Burnley 0. Thank you to everybody who got involved once again and uh, i will just give another quick shout out if you do want to start getting involved with family action we are looking for more people the more the merrier um I, honestly if we have 20 people send videos in all 20 will get used on the youtube channel i might have to cut some out of the podcast cuz then the podcast will be 2 or 3 hours long or just at least shorter in every single one um but yeah the more the merrier for me i'm always happy to have uh, to have people involved in the family action and any other place i have said it before and i'll say it again this platform that i have built belongs to you as well um so if you want to get involved please feel free uh, to give us a shout now we've discussed the games so we obviously have one more game to discuss because we'll be discussing um the city game the upcoming city game soon uh, But we'll do that at the end of the podcast one thing i want to discuss first of all if you're watching on youtube now you can see it on your screen is the fact that three sorry four it's literally right in front of me i still got it wrong Four Burnley players extended their contract this week. Kevin Long, Eric Peters, JBG and Matt Lawton. Now, I think it's fair to say I was happy with this news. I presume you would have been as well, or is it mixed uh, certain players? Uh, I, I just think I, I, I'm happy with it because even though there's you know a player or two in there that's probably not quite up to it or won't be up to it by the end of the contract in some people's cases, or some people can think that – um is we don't have any depth at all so we need we need these players staying basically we we have learned from our mistakes of last summer it looks like
8: oh 100% mate take my personal opinion out of this matter i said it at the beginning of the season uh, in the earlier podcast episodes where i said it's a shambles that we haven't sorted these contracts issues out when hendrick and a lot were, were let go or or did, we didn't have time to sign them up because of better offers that have come in whatever the scenario was it was a shambles that we got to that point in the first place and that there's people paid to sort that shit out. Finally, we're sorting that shit out. We are getting the, the you know, the R's dotted and the T's crossed. And we're, we're saying, listen, we can't afford to let people go that are first team players, whether you like them or not, not saying that this for, but like the Hendrick scenario, whether you like yeah. them or not, they were a vital part of our team that year. And um, you can't be letting people like that go for free. Matt is, Matty's a first teamer. Eric's been majority first teamer out of the of the in the various positions he's been in. Um, you know, long for all his hairs and graces, mate. He, he does exactly what he's what we need him to do. And he's, yeah, he's,
2: he's he's the opposite of Ben Gibson. He can
8: sit on the bench and not cry about it. I'll leave that one there. But he um, he is exactly what you want from him. He, you know, he's happy to be a, a reserve for us and get the odd five six games a season and. And that's what we need, and we're buzzing with that. Perfect. Um so yeah, so I, I'm JBG. Listen, you you're gonna get half a season out
2: of him, but you're probably paying half the wage of another person. Yeah, <laughs> you've got half you're getting half a season out of him and the other person that plays in his position, Brady, you get half a season out of him, so it works perfectly. And for me at the minute, with Brady's form, I'd have JBG starting ahead of Brady. I know I've had the argument on the watch along before about Brady being more creative, and I stand by that. But Brady, at the minute, his his final ball has been horrendous. So I think it's time Brady had a bit of a rest They bring back in in a few weeks. And i have JBG in there now. So I'm happy with all four of them, definitely. Obviously, Peters and Long, you could argue, probably some people could say they aren't good enough. But... Peters has done well in certain games. There are games where Peters is well out of his depth. The Chelsea game is a a perfect example of that one. If he's playing against pace, that's his obvious weakness. Uh, He will struggle against pace. Um, But yeah, Kevin Long, I've said before, um, I I like the job that he does, the fact that he is happy to, to, to be that guy that only plays five or six games. But when he is called upon... He isn't entirely he's not he's not good enough uh, to be a Premier League defender, but he's good enough to step in every now and then. Yeah, he's right, in right, it for what he is. Um yeah, he's right I, for what he is. I used to
8: say to you, didn't I, that we should sign that Ben Davies from Preston. He's a good little left footed centre
2: half, and then fucking Liverpool just nicked him for two minutes. Yeah, it's weird on that though, isn't it? It's not Liverpool quite he's good, but it's not he's not Liverpool. I know why they've done it, they panic by him because of all the injuries and stuff, and he will he it, They will definitely minimum quadruple the price on him when they come to sell him in a few years because he'll, he'll have played for Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised to see that one. And and uh, perfect segue into into the transfer window then because we'll discuss the transfer window then. I am disappointed, don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't really know what we expected. I think the interviews haven't helped. Um, you know, the fact that they've come out and said... Uh, the, the interview that I always go back to is not one from Alan Pearce. despite everybody on the Twitter, Clarence hashtag, seemingly... Getting on Alan Pacer's back and everything yesterday, and we'll discuss that in a minute. Um, is the one from the CEO Neil Hart. Now he came out and said, I envisage it will be a very active January transfer window. Now, a lot of people have clipped that up and gone, Oh, he's fucking lying. It's like he's not lying, has he? He's he's, he's trying to do something yeah. that hasn't come into fruition. Like they would have they would have envisaged that, but he hasn't he hasn't said, I promise that this will definitely happen. But anything can happen, man, like. People were slagging us off for not signing players, and a lot of people were slagging us off for, for only offering 7.5 million for Nathan Collins, despite Stokes saying we want 10. But that was one of the top bids in the transfer window. Like Liverpool, like you said, they bought this Colin, uh, Ben Davis lad but they've only bought it for 2 million quid. So a lot of the offers and a lot of the purchases have actually been under the 7.5 million that we offered. So we no not want to try it. We have tried to do it. I'm disappointed we didn't get Collins on the line. He's pretty much one of the only ones I would have wanted. John Joe Kenny, maybe, um, simply because we don't have much cover at right back, especially when... Um, what's he called? Bardall leaves in the summer. I think his contract's up in the summer. I'm pretty certain it is actually. It's had a one-year contract extension last season, didn't it? Um, but I don't think John Joe Kenny will get in the first team right now. I think I think it it take six months to dislodge Loughton and then maybe start next season. And then as soon as he gets an injury, if Loughton's playing the way he is, he might end up back in there. So I'm not too fussed about the John Joe Kenny one getting away. Um King, who's gone to Everton, I don't know what much else we could have done. If, if we wanted him and Everton wanted him, he's always going to go to Everton. So there's not much that I, I feel we could have done there. That's, but Yeah. I, the yeah. Only, yeah. the on. only one I'm disappointed with is, is the Collins one at store Because I think if we'd have spent £10 million on him, when, in brackets, if, but when Tarkey leaves in the summer he would have been perfect he'd have been there for six months now we are going to have to buy somebody in the summer who goes straight into the first team and then there's going to be a bedding in process it might not work for the first six months whereas with Collins if we'd have got him in he'd have been here for six months he'd have been behind talks with me he's learning from in my opinion two of the best English centre-backs there is um, at the minute and then and then we'd have sold him in a few years for for a hell of a lot of money if all these uh, Stoke fans are right with what they say about him we could have sold him for £30 million uh, like we are or could be doing with Tarke uh, in the summer. So that's the one I'm disappointed in. But what were your thoughts on on the transfer window and deadline there? Yeah, it was it was disappointing because you
8: have built it up. I, however I never I didn't sit there with of breath on the on the whole day like I would do sometimes thinking
2: no, go on, yeah. just, just get one over no, the line. I way. didn't I barely even checked anything. The only thing oh. the only times I checked stuff is because I have Chris Borden, Burnley Football Club. Darren Bentley now and the Premier League all on notification. So that's the only time I really check stuff when it comes through. But normally I'd have had like Sky Sports News on yeah. and watched it ticker coming through. Well, none of that. None of that yesterday, because I knew there were no chance of signing anybody. So I don't know why we all had a meltdown at eleven o'clock. It would have been never going to happen. No.
8: Well I watched at it it, you know, o'clock. And I watched it for half an hour and I've seen the you know, because I watched and see if Ben Davies went through I'll I, I open it did for him because he's a good guy. But he um that was the only thing I was watching. I wasn't even watching it as a Burnley fan. I was watching it just to see if this person goes through. And, um yeah, I, were, I wasn't expecting anything, but I was still disappointed, which is so annoying, really, isn't it? That's
2: like that meme, that, isn't it? Like, our expectations were low, but holy
8: fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> exactly what happened, mate. And the, you asked me last week, or, you know, we're rumoured with Josh King, what do you think? And I said... If we get him, I'd be buzzing. But I'd be very surprised if there aren't yeah. bigger clubs interested in him that will take him because he's a good player. And lo and behold, Everton come in and do it. And this is what Burnley do. Um, you know, we, we spark a fire up everyone else's
2: arse to think that right, we have to act now. Yeah, exactly. We we I think we you that said that exact sentence last week, like. Nathan Collins will go to a good side in the summer. If we get Nathan Collins in the summer, I will plat shit. It ain't going to happen. Um, but that's exactly what happens. Like We showed interest in King. Whether that was just media stirring shit up or an agent or what, I guess we won't know. But there was rumoured interest there in King. And like you say, it sparked Everton to get into life. If we were interested in him, we should have got out and got him there. And then we shouldn't have just waited for other clubs to to get in touch with the agents. Um but uh, I do want to talk about the reaction towards uh, the new chairman on Twitter from a lot of Burnley fans. Um, it's been quite negative, and I'm not really, I'm not really sure sure what the thought process behind that is. Um, I think I'd still think it's good that he is on Twitter. I think it's good that he engages with the fans in the way that he does. Shout out for following Turfcast; that still means a lot. Um, but. I, I, I don't know. I think he could have done without being on Twitter yesterday. Um, but hopefully he rides a storm out and he still wants to be on it. But I just think, I don't get it. I don't get why fans are tweeting him, that slagging him off and tagging him in the tweets and all that sort of stuff. Like, What is that going to achieve? And why do you, Why are you doing that in there? Why, if you do genuinely believe that, you're not just saying it for likes and retweets and, and clout, as the kids call it these days, um, then do you actually believe it? And if you do... Then why? He's been here for, what, 30 days, 31 days? I think he took over just after January or just after January 1st or just before. What can he do in that time? Especially when he's had two weeks of isolation and all that stuff. and, oh, uh, the, best and what, what? the best comment I've seen on
8: Facebook was he's been trying to buy this club for 12 months. He should have had a list of players that he wanted to buy. Well, that, that's not how it works, is it? Let's be fair. He probably Even if he had a list, which I doubt he did, even if he had a list, it's making that list happen in this current climate where people don't want to sell, people haven't got the money to buy, Um and he's actually, you know, the the, the word activity. I want to go back to. We we mentioned earlier that's um what's his name CEO Chief Neil insider. Hart Neil Hart. I've cut his fucking name and I forgot his name. <laughs> 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 Neil Hart. Uh, said there will be activity, a lot of activity. Now, activity doesn't just necessarily mean bringing players in. It's also getting contracts sorted. It's making sure that you don't lose players. Um, yeah. There's a lot of other avenues into what I would class as activity. So he's probably not wrong. And did offers go out? Yeah, they did. But they didn't come in. That there's not. We can't make things happen. We can only put offers out there. Um, so it was frustrating, and I can understand why the Clarets, but why they're turning on Pace, who is... Putting the money down, he's saying here I'll give the players contracts. He's then saying go and get that player seven point five million. You you remarked on that's a lot of money in this window. It's a lot of money, mate, and seven point five million is not to be sniffed at. It's it's it 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 just infuriates me sometimes the short sightedness of it all. It's uh you know what I mean because then these people that are tweeting that are then going to have to look at themselves in the summer if we are putting money down and if we are making a lot of things happen, which I do think we will.
2: I I, I I said quite a lot. I, I, at first, I weren't going to say anything from the official turf, official Turfcast account. From the Turfcast account, I, I weren't going to say anything. But I felt like the fire was starting to spread too much. And I, I won't say I have a responsibility because I have um, a platform and a few thousand followers. But I kind of like oh, feel like you have to say something if things are getting out of hand. And that's what I felt like last night. So, I, so I, I did sort of like say some things. I said, I don't understand what people expected in, in January, which is what I've just said. And if if we have another transfer window in the summer, like January and like last summer, then fine. I'll start being critical of them because of everything that they've said. And, and if we don't sign anybody in January and the summer and last summer, then relegation is is confirmed before a ball's even kicked, let's be honest, uh, especially with Tarke potentially probably uh, leaving. And then you would expect big bids to come in for Paul McNeil this summer. It's probably going to be a very, very, very difficult summer to keep all of our best players. So if we don't buy anybody in the summer, then, then yeah, I think it's time to start being a bit critical, sending him tweets and tagging him in it and abusing him. That's still not time to do that. It's never time to do that. Even if, if we get relegated, it's not time to do that. Maybe if he liquidates the club, then I'll, I'll accept yeah. it. Um, but, but it's never time to do that. Uh, let's be fair. But, um, but yeah, the point I'm making is they'll be judged on the summer transfer window. Let's be fair; that's when they are going to be judged.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they they are starting from the ground up. They are getting in the players' contracts sorted. Sorry, getting the players' contracts sorted. The next step is getting players in. Did they have enough time? Possibly, but seven point five million is not to be sniffed at in this current climate. I think that that's a fair offer. They're saying ten. It's only their evaluation of him. It's not written. It's not a, it's yeah. not an actual, you know, up to stats value. It's only their interpretation of what they think they th- should get for him. But listen, um, it goes kind of onto the next part though, because the fans' reaction is the, the debt in it. That's what we're all getting frustrated at. And then, oh, have- yeah,
2: yeah. But before I do get onto that, I, I, I know I've just sat here and defended Alan and said Alan first name terms because he follows us. Um, I, I've just defended him, but the one thing that. I'm not going to be critical with him, but I want to go back to his comments that he said this week about agents. Uh, I think the writing was on the wall at that point that we weren't signing anybody. Um, I just want to go back to something he said. Now, he said this week, I've seen some stuff already that is extremely disappointing. Obviously, he's talking about transfers and agents here. He says, I wonder if the public really knows what some of these people are really doing. I'm sure I'm going to make a lot of enemies with agents before this is all done. Now, I won't say alarm bells and red flags like some people have been saying about certain things, but that comment to me suggested that maybe he wasn't aware of sort of like how it worked over here, um, and he's uh, he's been a little bit naive, and maybe that's why we haven't signed anybody or part of it anyway. I think I think I'm a little bit not disappointed, uh, but a, a lot of Burnley fans are reacting like, "Go on, Ali, tell them how it really is" and all that stuff. You know, which is fair enough because agents are a leech on the game. But agents now, like it or lump it, hold a lot of power. Absolutely. And if if you're pissing off agents, and and and, and, and it, this this is obviously about a particular agent or two. So this agent might have a lot of footballers, or or, or ten something like that, and, and two of them they might have twenty. Now, if he's had a deal with an agent, then gone out an hour later and said that in the press, then that agent ain't going to deal with us. And there's probably a little agent WhatsApp group where they're all slagging him off. You know, like there is for Valour Park where I live. You know, there's a neighbor, neighborhood group, everyone's slagging them off. Um, I just, I just, that comment to me smacks of maybe I have bitten a bit more off than I could do. That's probably the wrong phrase to say. Maybe I didn't realize what it was really like signing players in the Premier League.
8: Yeah, um, I've got sort of a different take on it. And maybe this is sort of looking through claret-tinted glasses, as I like to say, because he did say that agents have come back at four times the value of their original quote. Yeah. So maybe it's the age, maybe he is right. Maybe the agents have said, well, we know you got fucking money. So it would have come to Burnley for 30 grand and now he wants 50 grand. You know, I'm not, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but maybe they are doing that. Maybe, maybe greed is stepping into it and he's trying to say nonsense. You're not having it. You know what I mean? But just cause we've got the money there doesn't mean we're going to waste it or whatever. So is he being frivolous? Is he being tight? Um is it being you know what I mean? Because he's putting money down in one place. You know, you just gotta look at it where where we are at this point next season, the season after, and start looking at it long term instead of short term. Like I said, I don't think we're gonna find any answers out right now.
2: Fair enough. Um I understand that. I just I just felt that like it just I don't know. I don't think a chairman with experience or had been working in the Premier League for a while would have come out and said that. I, think, I, yeah. I, I, like, I like the honesty. Um, but I it's not always don't the best policy. Anything. Despite you say- what, exactly. Exactly. Like, despite what despite what my grandma used to say when I was a kid, honesty is not always the best policy. I think that it could have been better off just, just not saying anything about that.
8: I don't believe I'm gonna say this, but you know, it's like when you looked at uh Trump, you used to tweet some stuff, and you're like, what the fuck are you tweeting for? Just, yeah. just, just leave that one there, mate. And then yeah. the position he was in, and I feel like sometimes I look and think, why, why reply to
2: that? Yeah. That one, Honestly, mate. there's so many times when I'll get a rival fan giving me grief on Turfcast, and I just ignore it which is difficult for me. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult for me. There are ones every now and then where I buy, oh, shoot your fucking dick, and then I just suddenly like, why well, have I done that? But then I can't delete it because I don't want to look like one of these people that sends a tweet and then backs out, so I've just got to got to suck it up. Um, but yeah, I thought he could have uh, could have done without saying that. But anyway, that's my opinion on it, and that's Simon's as well. But of course, as Simon mentioned, uh, a lot of fans were reacting. Yeah. Uh, To the news, which um, I will put out there before I read this now, um, was already out there, and it's something that Alan first name turns because he follows me, um, has been quite open about it. But um, the club is, according to reports, 90 million pounds worse off or 30 million pounds in debt because uh, we had 60 million pound cash reserves uh, and they were um, used to buy the club. Weirdly enough, I don't. I'm not a businessman. I've never bought a football club. I've never really bought anything about them from a shop. I bought a house uh, and a car, um, but I've never, I've never spent ninety million quid or whatever it is on something. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, but yeah, um, but then an article came out in the Guardian um, today. When I say today, sorry, Tuesday, of the day recording this, uh, with the headline, I'll just, I'll just quickly read a couple of paragraphs from it. I'm sure the majority of you will have seen it and will have probably read it. Uh, But I'll just quickly give a couple of paragraphs uh, on it before me and Simon can give our opinion on it. Um, But the headline is, Burnley's US takeover has left the club £90 million worse off and loaded with debt. Um, it starts off saying, heady, heady recent wins at Liverpool and Arsenal have helped keep Sean Dysh's Burnley team eight points above the Premier League relegation zone. Uh, but at Turf the air is still clear, clearing over a £170 million US takeover, which has used the club's own money and loaded it with debts. Now, I... Uh, I have no idea how you can how you can use a club's own money when buying something. Um, next time I buy a house, if I buy it from McDermott Homes like I have with this one, I'll say, tell you what, McDermott, I'll use your money to buy that house. I don't get how it works. Um, but then it carries on. It says, the new chairman, Alan Pace, a former Wall Street financier uh, leading the US consortium ALK Capital that bought the club, has been a very vocal proponent of energetic plans to build on Dash's achievements and improve the club's historic home. But he has not explained in detail uh, the deal to buy the club uh, from its long-term owners and directors, led by outgoing chairman Mike Garlick, who owned 49% of the shares, and John B, as I'll always call him, so I'm not pronouncing that last name, who had 28% of the, uh, the, the shares. Responding to questions from The Guardian, Alan Pace, citing confidentiality, declined to confirm precisely how the multi-millions of pounds Paid, uh, those outgoing Burnley shareholders have been financed, although ALK maintains that its plans are sustainable. and That is the key uh, word here for me. Uh, and it intends to invest new money within the club. Um, sources with knowledge of the deal did, however, confirm some essential elements. The initial payments to Garlic, John B and the other sellers have been financed with a loan uh, from uh, a certain place. Um, the investment firm of the US management tech, Michael Dell, which is, is the place that he's got the loan from, said to be approximately 60 million pounds. Uh, the loan is charged like a mortgage on turf more on the club itself, uh, which will have to repay from its own revenues with interest rates. AOK has not yet publicly stated. Initial reports claim uh, that the club's own cash reserves have also been used. Again, uh, from somebody who used to work in journalism, uh, me. Um, I used to work at the Burnley Express and other places, the Daily Star, Daily Express, all that shit. Um, The fact that it still says initial reports says that means that that isn't confirmed. Um, So initial reports um, claim that the club's own cash reserves have also been used to pay the selling shareholders. Um, We understand sources with knowledge of the deal, pay that figure between 30 to 40 million pound of the club's own money. Now, what are your thoughts on that? I know it's a lot to take in, but um, and I'm not sure if I went to key stage three at some point there. Um, but what were your thoughts, uh, your initial thoughts on, on what I've just read? So, the, the the main concept that I can read from that, and I'm not a
8: financial wizard or anything, I don't know any any of the details, and I don't know thingy. So, my, my opinion really is is you know uneducated, but what I will say is from what I can read between the lines, that when they say we use our own money to buy the club. It's basically it's them, instead of them saying, right, well, I want to buy the club for, just make it a round number, 100 million, and I want to buy the club for 100 million, but rather than me put, getting a, a 100 million pound loan, you've actually got 60 million pound in profit there. So why don't I just take a 40 million pound loan, and then you take the 60 million pound dividends, which then would mean that you've been paid out 100 million. So that that is what I'm kind of seeing from it. So basically, the club is borrowing less because it's using its own finance to structure the the loan. Right. That's so the it
2: right. So it's essentially in less debt, but then in by that sense, surely it's got less money
8: now. From what I see, it, to put it into a, a a thing that possibly, if I'm right, this is how it'd be easy to understand. It's the equivalent of you've already paid off a mortgage of one house that's smaller than the bigger house that you're having. So now that you want the bigger house, you say you don't just there's no point taking a hundred and twenty grand loan out when you've got a hundred grand loan at home. In the house that you've already bought. So you either remortgage that and then and then rent that out, or you say, Well, I'll tell you what, you can have this house and I'll just I'll just have that for 20 grand. That's the right. kind of way they're looking at. It. We've already got an investment of 60 million, they're saying, uh, I think was the number. You yeah. just get that. Uh we won't say no of it because there's legal things like if you look at Wigan owner, uh Blackpool's owners look at um oh, I remember the other club now there's another club that've done it that've been investigations of where did that money go if you it definitely happened Charlton,
2: with that. Charlton, yeah,
8: maybe you can't just take the money just because it's in the bank thing well I own the club it's my money because it's not it's under a a, a company um yeah. so I think it's just a loophole around getting you releasing your money out of the club if I'm honest but I don't
2: you know I'm not educated enough to know it but that's what I'm reading into it Fair enough. Um, now, I'll go back to something because a lot of people, this came out last night um, from a tweet um, with somebody who works at the New York Times, um, sort of like saying at the club, um, in a similar sense is now ridden with debt. Um, but, um, and then everybody had a meltdown again. So they, they, there was a, the original meltdown from the transfer window on the Hashtag Twitter Clarets. yeah And then there was another meltdown. And this article and tweet came out on the on the hashtag Twitter Clarets. Um, people talking about asset stripping. People talking about liquidation. Like there's been yeah. somebody, I don't know if this person listens to the podcast. Shout out if you do. This isn't a criticism of this person at all. I'm just telling the people tweet. what he said to me. Uh, he said that, um, they these people he had worries. He said this to me about two three days ago. He had worries about the new chairman because he'd been told that they were coming here to, to asset strip the club. Um, and I said, I can't really understand why somebody would do that. Why you would take a loan out against a club and then make that club less valuable? Surely you're going to lose money by doing that. Um, and then when all this news came out sort of like re-tagged me in the, in the conversation that we had. And I just sort of like turned around and said the same same thing that I'm going to say now. Like that still that still doesn't suggest to me that Alan Pace is going to start asset-stripping the club. Again, I'll stand by the same sort of like thing. Surely, if he's, I don't know how asset-stripping works. I presume it's something that... Um, HMRC do when you can't pay your tax they take everything off you. So I don't understand where, like, why. Apologies if I'm sounding an idiot. Here. There's people who, who know a lot about business and think I'm just being an idiot because I'll, I'll fully admit this isn't. Is I'm I'm a, I'm a I've, I started this podcast to talk about football. You know I started this podcast to talk about goals going in the net and top bins and now I'm talking about fucking financial fucking buyout leverage and all that shit. It's it's not me at all. But surely he would not asset-strip the club because it would be, make the club less valuable. Um, so that is one thing that I, I, I rebuffed last night. And another thing is a lot of people start talking about liquidation, doing a Bolton, doing a Blackburn, you know, doing a Portsmouth, that sort of thing. And again, like I'll say the same sentence I said last night. like, Do we have any reason not to trust Alan Pace right no, now? Not no. yet. Not, not yet. We don't have any reason not to trust him. He's come in and he said he's said, he's talk to talk. Admittedly, yeah, actions speak louder than words. I admit that. But at the minute, he hasn't had time to put these plans into place and and watch the seeds grow uh, from planting things and that sort of thing. So, give him time. That's that's my opinion. Give the man time. I'll be the first person banging on his office door if the, if if everything goes tits up. Trust me, I'll try and do a turf cast sting on him. Don't don't worry about that. I'll be the first person. But. I think for now, we've just got to trust him. Like it is, I'll do it. If it always tits up, I'll do it. Um, but I don't think I'll be doing it because I, I, I I've i got no reason not to trust him and nobody else has no reason not to trust him. He's done nothing wrong. He's not lied to any of us. He's not, he's not done anything wrong. We have no reason not to trust him. That's my take on it anyway. Well, from
8: my understanding again, of the asset stripping, I'm not going to go around the houses and tell you that what I don't know again. But, um, from the asset stripping, as it's as it's being used as a term, the in the Premier League, the fair play rules state that you cannot bring in. Sorry, you cannot spend more money than what you're bringing in, because that would then constitute as the unfair play thing. Exactly. So Manchester City don't. They they came in with this whole sort of ethos of branding and making it big and making academies around the world and doing all this sort of structural changes. Now they had massive investors in that. Let's not, you know, they've got people that could just throw money at this, but they still have to make sure that they tick to the fair, stick to the fair play rules. So mm. the asset stripping for me makes me wonder: Are we thinking there is no point owning X, Y, and Z because it actually doesn't bring us any money? It's just it's just land to them because it doesn't give us any investment. But if we sell that land, that releases X amount of funds or assets. Sorry, if we reduce the assets. Or the Players are assets, remember, as well. If we reduce these assets, we can actually then go and spend this money by getting that person on board from the um, Madison Square Garden, um, guy. you know, we can get people like him in to sort of look at the other ways. that he, He's not going to come in and say, yeah, I'll, I'll come here for 100 grand a year. He earns millions a year. He's going to want paying a significant amount of money, and he'll, he'll have a team that he wants to have a budget with. You know, there's yeah. all these things that he has to find the money somewhere, to then go and spend. So is he just releasing money to, to, to you, you know, what's the word? you gotta make, you got to have, have money to uh, make money. You can't, you know, money goes to money, all them sort
2: of phrases. Got to crack a few was to make an omelette.
8: Right, yeah. And, and like you said, we are in debt and we are in thinking, but we, we're we all in debt when we buy something. When you buy a house, yeah. you're, you never say to me, oh, tell you what, mate, I can't come out tonight because I'm 130, 180 dollars in debt because I've I've got a mortgage. Look, yeah. You don't look at it like that. It's just we're looking at it too deep now. We, we were sitting on a, on a suitcase full of money. And we've actually invested that suitcase into something to try and make more money.
2: That's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, and just I've seen a few people turn around and say, well, you all wanted garlic out. Look at what's happened. You've got exactly what you wanted. Well done. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. This club's fucked. Uh, let's be honest. Just looking at the last transfer window, last, the last few transfer windows under Garlic, we were, we were going down if, if he stayed anyway. And I think you summed it up perfectly when the club was actually bought. It's a risk, but it's a risk we have to take if we want to stay in the club in the Premier League and we want to progress as a football club. Because my, my my goal for this football club is to uh, become an established sort of like top. Team, top ten Premier League football. I might be a bit ambitious here. I know some of the Orient lot listening to this who obviously remember the the you know the, the dark days of the fourth division. I'll be like, oh, you know, punching above our weight. We're just happy to be here. Yeah, that sort of crowd. <laughs> that sort of crowd. Um, I think they'll probably think I've been a bit ambitious, but with the right investment, I, I think I think we can be. And and I'd like to us to be. Uh, Turf Moor needs redeveloping, or, or the two shy stands. Uh, something needs to change uh, there. And I just want us to be seen as a well-established Premier League club rather than a club that's lucky to be here and doesn't deserve to be here. That's my... I don't, necess- I don't necessarily... Obviously, I want success in terms of trophies. I'd love to see Burnley win a trophy. I've said that time and time again on the podcast. But I think that was never going to happen under garlic. I think under garlic, we were slowly... slowly Dying is the wrong word. I'll stop short of saying that. But slowly going, to, slowly going backwards... And we needed
8: the FA Cup this year because we have a you know a small chance. Is that under garlic or is that under pace? Both, because
2: garlic's still on the board, isn't it?
8: Yeah. So, but technically, so it's it's garlic's team still in it.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, it's one of them to win it. Like if a manager gets sacked, yeah. like when 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 Owen Coyle went to Bolton, the dude just bastard, and then they got to the semi-finals at FA Cup. It'd have been him with the FA Cup on his CV, not. Whoever they sacked Gary Megson, I don't know who did this sack. Don't can't remember. remember. What? What that? Yeah. I don't know. No, that was for King, wasn't it? Know. That was for um, Agent King. I don't know. Might been, I don't really know. I don't well, really care. League Two, yeah. League Two. They can't even get the game on tonight against Colchester, whoever it were. Shambles, frozen pitch, ten years ahead. Um good luck
8: to another They've just launched our young keeper Jensen.
2: Uh, yeah, good luck to him good luck to him not good luck to them Um I do apologise I said that big massive thing at the start of the podcast saying it never goes over an hour this time it has done Um uh, so hopefully you've all stuck by it and uh, and uh, watched it out Um but before I wrap up anything else you want to add Simon? Uh, no shout out
8: actually to uh, Jason Young he's the Sheffield Wednesday fan that I said to you I couldn't remember who he supported but he listens to our podcast he was a Sheffield Wednesday fan he got in touch with me afterwards and said I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan Paul um, yeah, so shout out to him, and thanks for listening, because he does enjoy it. He said he likes when we make up words, and he sent me a, an example of a word that I'd made up last week. Yeah, well, um, you
2: do that.
8: Yeah, I don't I, I, I what I mean. I, I don't make
2: up words. What I do
8: is I make my life easier by putting two really important words together.
2: Um, well, I'm going to stop short of giving him a shout out, because I had Bournemouth on my bet tonight, and I've just <laughs> checked the football, and oh beating him. I'm fucking... Yeah, no, but 1 2 1, 90th minute winner. So he'll, he'll be buzzing. And can it's, I just give a special shout out to Southampton, ladies and gentlemen? Manchester United 9, Southampton 0. Uh, so they've been beat 9 0 twice in way. two seasons. I don't give a fuck. That's still funny. men. Ref- they only got beat 2 1.
8: He just sent He sent off a second player. The first player was not just a red, he could have got put all in cuffs on the way out of the pitch, man. That's how bad that first tackle were. He, he you
2: be. it, you? yeah. I forgot about that. I he just should. want to tell everybody. Simon always goes on about his successful bets on the watch along. Simon backed Southampton. That's Simon, right, that's going to be the worst bet of all time. They got like nine fucking nil. to that? Well, that's for this week's
8: Simon Marus. He rang me today.
2: Buddy, I've not heard from him in ages.
8: How is he? He's a good lad, salmon. He, uh, he's got me. He said, "Finally, bear in mind, man, right, I rang up. When did I break my legs? June, and I knocked yeah. my tooth out. Um, I've rang up since pretty much two weeks after I come out of hospital, so that'll be end of July. And I rang up and rang up, and he said, "Oh, we can finally get you in today." I said, "Oh, mate, it's so good to hear your voice." He well, I listen to you every week, so it's not, it's not the same for me. And so I thought I'd give him a shout out as well. Right,
2: well, if he listens every week, I, I do want to ask Salmon, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? because he doesn't get involved. He used to get involved in all the laughs. Now he's more of a quiz guy, Simon. And we haven't we haven't we haven't done a quiz for a while because the watch alongs and all that shit's taken over. Um so it's been difficult. Um, but Simon, get involved in one of the watch-alongs. You don't have to, you know, if you're watching the game on the telly, fair enough, you have us on your lap or on your iPad, and you just get involved, get involved in the chat. People get in. So um, shout out to Simon, because it's good to hear that voice again. Uh, hopefully he's had a few Bimaretis since I last heard of him. Uh, but speaking of watch-alongs, before I go, uh, apologies, everybody. This this podcast is going no longer and longer. Are you free for the watch-along tomorrow? I'm not. If you're doing a hair fucking socials podcast while the game's on I am I'm doing
8: uh, hair 6 till 7 so I'll miss the first half um, I thought I, well I didn't think the match was later I just didn't realise it was 6 o'clock kick off
2: fingers crossed Johnny Tate or Jared's available because if not Kieran Phillips you're making your first appearance on the Turfcast watch along everybody yeah um, he's, but- he's the mumbongo of Turfcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh, well fingers crossed uh I'll, it'll definitely be on i'll do it on my own if i have to i've done it before simon did it literally a few days ago so um fingers crossed uh, it'll definitely be on fingers crossed it's with somebody because i fully admit it's um a bit shit we just well I, that's no disrespect to simon simon's could have been class i was working so i didn't get a chance to watch it uh, but i felt like mine was a bit shit uh, when i did it on my own um, but anyway, that's it for this week's Turfcast podcast. I do apologise if this one has been a little bit too long for you, Um, especially with uh, the City game tonight. We haven't discussed the City game. Forget it. It's too long. Uh, quick <laughs> prediction. Quick prediction for the City game. I don't want to do it. I've never predicted us to get beat, so I'm not starting today. Right, so that means it predicts us to get beat. You know what? It's not going to be 5-0. It'll be, it'll be 1-0 or 2-0. They'll beat us still. Um, but I don't think they'll—I don't think they'll embarrass us like they always do. Um, but we'll be live on Turfcast Facebook and on Turfcast YouTube uh, for the watch along tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you there. If we don't see you for that, we'll see you for the match reaction. If we don't see you for that, we'll see you for the fan reaction. If we don't see you for that, we'll see you for the podcast next week. Bye.
1: Let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan
8: Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.